Uh, I'd like to invite, we have a special announcement, uh, Mark and Taylor, if they could come up. And then uh, I'm going to throw this on you, Taylor, when you're finished. Could you introduce Destiny? Sure. Okay, great. Let's give a hand to Mark and Taylor. Awesome. So I'm Taylor Witt. This is Mark Middendorf. We are two of the five trustees here at the church, and uh, we have some really exciting news for you today um, that Mark will share in just a minute. But first, I'd like to go back to um, when we started this, why we're looking for 300000 right? When we met as a trustees board, we were talking, and what 300,000 chairs would do, $300,000, does anyone remember what that would accomplish for us at the beginning? Right, exactly. That would buy down our loan, right? So wouldn't it be amazing? We'll be in that new place. If we can get to that 300000 our new payment on that new property is going to be less than what we're paying here in rent. And that would be amazing. So we're excited about that. And as Pastor Mike shared, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to, to reach those $2 million when we're when we're saving up some of those funds so that we can send it out on the mission field. So we're really excited. And this week, we get to fill in 20 chairs. 20 chairs. So we're up to 195,000 of the of the 300,000 that we had at the beginning. And, and Mark will have some exciting news here for us. Thanks, Taylor. Uh, as Taylor said, we serve as trustees, uh, Holly and Jeff and, and Taylor and I, and uh, guided by Julie and Pastor Mike and Rhonda. And uh, before, I, uh, before I jump into the announcement here, I just want to point out that at Church 101, if you ever wondered how finances are handled here at the church, go to Church 101 and learn what everybody's roles and responsibilities are. That's today, right after the service at 11.30. So I encourage you all to do that. But the announcement is... So, someone from outside of the church, I've never, this is my second church build in my short life here on earth. Uh, I've never seen this before, but someone from outside the church said, listen, you know, we believe in what Church for the Harvest is doing. We want to support that. And they've offered $25,000 towards our church growth fund, our, our, our uh, legacy fund here, as long as you can get it matched. So between now and November, if you bring a dollar and put it towards this project, it's going to get matched with another dollar. So Angie talked about Bitcoin and she talked about the stock market. And uh, when you get closer to retirement, you start thinking about your, your investments and what to do with them. And if I could get 100% return on my investment in the kingdom of God, it is someplace I'd want to put it. So this is just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for us all. Yeah, I think it's 70, and, and, well, as a, as a trustee, we don't know who gives what. I'll just take a little thunder from Church 101. We, we don't see that, just so you know. I, I don't know who's given and who isn't, and I don't want to know. Um, but, uh, you know, th we're so blessed with this giving. T 20 chairs this, this, this week is just tremendous. And you put this on top of that, and that goal that we thought was a stretch goal, we're making it happen. And uh, we love you all. So how it'll be reflected each week is uh, the green will, will be reflected of, you know, our 
3,000 you know, dollar giving, for example, and then that red will be that match number. So, so when we come in, that's, that's how it will appear. And, and once we get uh, to that 25 that, that we've given as a church and that 25 that's matched will be up to uh, only about $55,000 left. So praise the Lord for that. Um, and I guess I'm introducing Destiny this morning, which I just found out. So... Um, but she's an amazing woman. I know, I know she's came over to our house many times, and our girls love her, and, and she always has uh, great things to, to share when she's been preaching here before, and so we're just blessed to have her and, and uh, give it up for Destiny. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm from Texas now, so... I sound different. <laughs> um, it's good to be here. This is just an amazing thing. I remember as a kid holding a can of dirt um, from our property. Um, and that's just something that we have been praying for for years as a, as a family, as a church. And just to be able to see this from a distance and be a part of it now is, is such a blessing. Um, just to see all that God is doing. I know we think that like it's out of our pockets and it's out of our things, but God is doing something great here. And I truly believe that as we continue to, um, you know, be obedient to the word of God and be obedient to what God is calling us to do, that we are going to experience a, I don't know how it happened, but God did it type of response. And that's, that's just the, the response that I feel here at um, Church for the Harvest is just that you're going to have this, I don't, I don't know how it happened, but God did it. I don't know why, but God did it. And your marriages and your families and the church, that God is going to do some, something that we have never seen before. And we have to be obedient, but we have to also step up and arise into all that God is calling us to do. Amen? Yeah. All right. Well, I have a 11... 1120. Dang, that's like 40 minutes. Everyone's like, oh no. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's pray. And I just, I feel that I have something on my heart that I want to share with you. Uh, well, Father, we just, we're just grateful just to be in your house, grateful to be in your presence. God, we, we acknowledge that you are here. God, we don't just make room for you. God, we give you this entire room. And so God, we ask that you come. We ask that your presence be here. God, that you speak through me to your people. God, that it not be my words, but God, let it be yours. And so God, right now we come to you humble humble to you, God. We ask that you speak. We, you ask that you do a work, God, that, that we will experience moments and we will experience things and great signs and great wonders, God, that we will be able to say, I don't know how it happened, but God did it. And so, God, we, we ask that you do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine. God, we ask that you do a work in this house. God, you are already doing a work. So, God, we ask that you continue the work and you multiply it. God, you bring multiplication. But, God, right now we speak to every single individual here. God, we just ask that your presence fill each and every one of them. God, whatever dreams, whatever desires, and whatever passions they have, whatever they have suppressed down or whatever they have pushed down, God, that you will pull them up, God. You will pull up those desires because the world needs it. And so, God, right now, we just ask that you come. You come into this space, and you, you, you do what only you can do. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. All right. Amen. All right. It's going to be a good one. Uh, okay, so today we are going to talk about dreams, passions, and desires. How many of you had a dream or a passion or a desire? Basically everyone, yep. Uh, how many of you have ever had a dream that you feel like died? Yep. How many of you ever had a passion that you feel has died? A desire that you feel has died? 
Um, and that's, that's what I want to talk about to you. Curtis came up to me today and he was like, so what are you talking about? I said, dead dreams. <laughs> He's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I truly feel that this is something that God has called me to because this is something that I'm currently walking out of. Um, because I, in the past few months, I have gone through this thing where I've known that there's been a call in my life to do certain things and to call, to call myself up. But what I do is I allow fear and I allow rejection and I allow shame to come in and say, no, you don't have that. That's not, that's not something that you can give. That's not something, or we allow the world, you know, we allow the world to cancel us out and say, no, we can't do that. We can't do this. We can't do this. But God is saying, no, destiny to me. He said this, he said, and I believe that this is for you today too. He's saying, step up, arise, forget about what the world is saying. Forget about what canceling culture means. Forget about what it is. And you move forward because God has called you and he has given you a dreams. He's given you passions and he's given you desires for a reason because there's only people that you can reach that I cannot reach. You can reach a specific type of person that I can't reach, that dad can't preach, that no one can reach except for you. And so you have to be ready. And so I want to talk to you today about that. And so I want to, there's a few people in the room that I want to address. And I just want to talk to you and say, maybe, maybe there's something been deep down inside of you, but, but you don't believe that it can come true. You've discounted yourself or you've allowed other people to discount it. Um, or you feel as though your dream has died and you found yourself numb to the world. And I just want to, and maybe lately I've found myself saying, you know, life would be easier if I didn't have this. <laughs> right? Life would be easier. I, I didn't create this desire. God did. I didn't, I didn't want this. God did. Right? And so, and I was just being obedient and now I get this in return. Now I'm here and now I'm having to go through all of this and I was just being obedient. Or I didn't think, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. How many of you ever said this? Why? Well, I, I asked God, but I didn't think it was going to be this hard. I just kind of thought that he was going to just do it and it would be fine. Like, you know, like poof, let there be light, you know, like, um, but it doesn't, we don't really have let there be light moments in our lives. We have the long, like, let's slowly fade the light up, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> or maybe you've been thinking, I didn't know that this would happen. If I did this, I didn't know that this would happen. Um, and I think that there's a lot of times and, you know, maybe you've just begun uh, your walk with the Lord and now you're wondering, you know, like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> why did I do this? Why, why did I raise my hand in church? Why did I say that prayer? Why did I do this? Like, did, maybe it was the lights and maybe they kind of like pulled my emotions out and they forced me to do it. Maybe, maybe, but, and, but you're sitting here thinking, what, what did I sign up for? Why, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And maybe you've been walking with God for a while now and you've been reading your Bible, growing in your understanding of him, but then you find yourself and you're just like, what, what is this? You know, what is our relationship with God? What does this look like? Why, why does it look like this? What, what? And you just, you have questions and you're wondering like, Lord, I just feel stagnant. I don't feel like I'm moving forward. I don't feel like I'm doing what you need me to do. And maybe you've been walking with God and this is where I was. You know, you've been walking with God or maybe something major has happened in your life something big, and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> Why is all this happening? Why did this happen to me? God, I've been obedient. God, I've been doing this. God, I've been chasing after you. God, I've been doing all these things, but why did this happen to me? Why me? Why not someone else who's not living their life right? Why not them? <laughs> right? But I've been, I've been living my life right. I've been doing the things, and then you drop this on me? I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for any of this. And maybe you find yourself, and in the middle of all of this, you found yourself numb, numb to your emotions, numb to the world, numb to things that you didn't think that you could ever just be numb to. 
And this is where I found myself, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I'm going to be real transparent with you all. A couple weeks ago, I called my mom. I called some of my friends. I was like, I don't feel anything anymore. I don't feel anything. I don't, I don't experience the, the, the emotion that people experience when people get water baptized. I don't experience this. I don't feel this. None of, nothing, life change in the world isn't affecting me for, any, for some reason. And I found myself numb, numb to all the things. And I said, Lord, I, I don't know. And I found myself every once in a while, like after I started praying, that I was like, Lord, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I, I need you to do a work. I need you to change something in me. I need you to do something in me. And I found myself at the, at the airport. And there was a lady who, you know, older lady who was in the bathroom. And I don't know if this is too much information, but we're just going to share it. Uh, <laughs> if you ever know anything about me, is I'm just going to tell you what it is. So, <laughs> uh, and there's a lady in the bathroom. And I, I just was, had a long work trip that I was coming back from. And I was just done. I was tired of being with the people that I was with. I was tired of doing all this. I just was, I was exhausted. And I'm sitting there and I'm just upset. Upset with, upset with the Lord, upset with God, like upset with myself. And here I am and I'm standing there waiting in line to go to the bathroom. And there's this older lady who's standing in front of me and she's dressed to the nines like usually old women are. Dressed really great. And here I am in my sweatpants and my tennis shoes <laughs> ready, to, ready to fly. And um, I look down and she's shaking. And she had, she had peed herself. She was waiting in line. And I, it broke my heart. Everyone, and no one else saw it except for me. I'm the only one who saw it. And I started crying. I went to the bathroom. I was like crying. I was like, what can I do for her? Like my pants are too big for her. I can't give her anything. But like I'm sitting there and I'm like, there's nothing that I can do. But here she is. And she's, she gets into the bathroom and she, I'm like, what is she going to do? She doesn't have anything and she doesn't do anything. Like there's nothing that she can do. And then I walk out and I see other people walking through the mess just walking through it. They don't even know what it was. They just must have thought it was water. They had no idea, but here I am watching other people walk through it, and my heart broke. The next day, I come, and come to church, and I'm working, and I look over, and I see um, one, of our, one of our friends in the church. He, um, he is an autistic kid who is blind, and he is deaf, and his mom brings him to church every Sunday, and she lets him touch his hands on the stage as the worship team is practicing so he can feel the music. His name is Laren, and he comes up, and she walks him up with his envelope all the way to the back of the auditorium where I'm standing. And she walks him with his envelope all the way to the back, and she lets him find the slot. Lets him find it and put it in. And God allowed me to see that, too. And it broke my heart, because it was like, here I am complaining about all the things. And Laren can experience Christ. Laren can experience the presence of God. And Laren can give towards the kingdom of God, because he believes in something that's happening. And here I am standing numb. <laughs> numb to this experience. Numb to what's happening. And then in worship, I come, and I'm, and I'm, normally I don't see any of this stuff. Normally I am just being, I have to be observant for my job, and I have to do different things. And so normally, I don't get to experience stuff like this. Or I don't see it. And for some reason, God was allowing me to see it. And I open up my eyes in worship, and I see this little kid. He's probably eight, looking up at his dad. And his dad's really getting into worship. You know, he's jumping and doing all this stuff. And this little kid starts looking at his dad. He's like, yeah. Like, just copying what his dad is doing. And he is just going to town in worship. And I just start crying. I'm like, here I am. And this little kid is being, learning by example through his father, learning by example through his parents. And here I am sitting there complaining that I don't see, I don't feel, I don't do any, I can't experience anything. But God, for some reason, is allowing me to experience that. And that same day, 
someone else, some lady came up to me in the concourse, and that's just our lobby area in the church. And I'm walking, you know, I usually determine to walk somewhere in, <laughs> on a Sunday. I usually have somewhere to go. And I work at the church, so just, <laughs> if you don't, I'm just not some random person just walking with real passion somewhere. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, I'm walking, and some lady comes up to me, and she pulls me aside, and she's Destiny. Your name's Destiny, right? I was like, yeah. And she was like, I feel like God wanted me to tell you this. Um, you spoke at uh, one of our small group nights uh, during the summer, and she said it was the most powerful moment of my life. One of the most powerful moments. It was the most depth we've experienced that, summer, that semester in that group. And she goes, and I want to thank you for, for being obedient. And I want to thank you for don't stop doing what God has called you to do. Don't stop doing what God has called you to do because you don't think or you don't feel anything. And I sat there and I said, okay, thank you. And like she just continued, she prophesied over me. and says, don't give up. Don't stop. Don't stop. You got to get up. And so today I want to talk to you about that because I was, and I was questioning, I was asking people, you know, I was like, I don't, why is this happening to me? Like all this stuff. And I just, and people were like, oh, well, maybe you should ask God. I'm like, wouldn't that be the best idea ever, you know? <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I, I just want to go into 2 Kings 4, Second uh, Kings 4, uh, 8 through 37. And I'm not going to read all of it, but I do think that it is important that we read parts of it. And so I'm going to start um, just by summarizing the DBV. Uh, that's the Destiny Bartolomeo version. So you're welcome. Um, so there's a Shunammite woman, and Elisha is here. So this Elisha comes to town every once in a while, and this Shunammite woman always comes up, and she always offers up her place, and she always says to her husband, this is a man of God. Let's make room for him upstairs. So, so they provide a room for him. They, they create space for him so that anytime he comes through this, her town, he has a place to rest. And so Elisha wants to, he wants to thank her. He wants to thank her, so he calls her in, and he says, hey, I want to do something for you. I want, I want, what can I do? Who can I call? What can I say to people? Um, what, what can I do for you? She says, um, let's find this. I'll read this. Um, she says in verse 13, um, you've taken all this trouble. What, what is to be done with you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. If you were asked by someone who you knew heard from God, what do you need? You could ask anything, right? Because you knew. You knew that they hear from God. You know. But what does she say? She says, I have all that I need. I dwell among my people. I have all that I need. Why didn't she ask for the things that she wanted? Why didn't she ask for the desires that were in her heart? Because one could perceive her desires, but she didn't outwardly express it. If you continue on to read. Um, and so he said, he went to his servant Gehazi and he said, well, he says, what does she need? She goes, well, she has no son and her husband is old. And he said, okay, call her in. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this, at this season, about the next time year, you shall embrace the son. And she said, no, my Lord, oh man of God, do not lie to your servant. <laughs> and it says that she conceived and she had a son at the time following that Elisha told her that she would. So why did she say, no, don't lie to me? And I can perceive as though that, that was her true desire, but she didn't express it to him. And she didn't want God to, she didn't want to be disappointed. She didn't want to be disappointed by what, what, was, what God was wanting to do in her life. And so she sat there and she says, no, don't lie to me. Don't tell me that this is going to happen because maybe I've been praying for years. Maybe I've been wanting this for years, but nothing has happened. But now you're telling me this is going to happen? No, 
No, because I know God's not going to follow through. I know God's not going to do that. I know God's not going to want to do that. And what did he did? She said, he said, you're going to have a son. <laughs> She's all right. And, and so you move on. Um, and so you hear this. So she has her son. And now it says in, in, in verse 18, when the child had, had grown, so it's been years. It's been quite a few years where she has her desire. She has her passion. And she has the thing that she had been praying for, right? And so now, you know, she, she has that child that she desires and they're living life. And now the child that she has, the child that she didn't ask for has died in her arms. And if you continue to read on, I'll let you go home and read it. Um, but it talks about how his, his, he went to his father. He's like, oh, my head, my head. And the father's like, go to your mom. Right? Isn't that... I don't think that really happened in my household. But uh, <laughs> love my mom. But I was given ibuprofen. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so this, she, 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 he goes, oh, my head. And the father... And when, the child had lift, when she had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat up on her lap till noon and he died. And she went up and she laid on him... So she, he died, and then she goes, she laid him up on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. And then she called her husband and said, send me the one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back. And he said, why will you go to him today? It is neither new, new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, all is well. <laughs> then she saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, urge the animal on, do not slacken the pace for me until I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God. You know, and, and, and if you continue to read on, and the servant, see, uh, Gehazi, sees her, and she said, he goes to her, and he says, how is your son? How is your husband? She goes, all is well. And she continues on to the man of God. She moves past him. She says, I don't want to talk to you, buddy. I want to go to the one who told me that I was going to have this son. And so she moved past, and she said, all is well. And I want to sit here, and I want to talk about this phrase, all is well. <laughs> Do you have an all is well mentality? I don't. <laughs> I don't, uh, not right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, what dreams, you know, if you look at the dreams that you've had, if you look at all of this, but this all is well mentality is we need, so we need to adapt this mentality when it comes to our trials, when it comes to the things that we face. We need to operate in faith knowing that all is well and that God will fix this. Because what did she do? She moved past her husband. She could have sat there and she could have rested and said, he's dead. She could have wailed. She could have wept over her son who had passed away. But what did she do? She continued on. She says, put him in the place that I know he's going to be safe. Now let's go. She moved on. She did not stop to grieve. She did not stop to go. She continued to move forward because God had, she knew God, if God had given her that desire, he would not let it die. And so if God has given you a desire, he is not going to let it die. He is not going to let it pass away from you because there is, he, there is a call on the life. There's a call on your passions. There's a call on your desires because God has called you to that. And so you cannot let the enemy thwart what God has for you. You have to move forward. You have to shut, shut it behind the door. Say, God, I know that's in a safe place, but I need to go to you. <laughs> I need to go to you. And so instead of chasing others, a lot of times what we do, or I do. I can speak for myself. I don't know if I can speak for you. Um, but a lot of times when something bad happens, we go to other people. We go to, we go to someone else. We call someone who knows a lot about the Bible. We call someone who, you know, usually has some sound advice. And you're like, okay, so this is what happened. Um, what do you think about this? Like, you know, like this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. So, like, what are your thoughts on this? 
Instead of going to the one who has all the answers, instead of going to the one who knows everything, who called, who gave us this desire, instead of going to the one, we go to someone else because we, because it's easier, right? Because you get the opinions, you get their thoughts, you get their mindset on this. You don't get God's mindset. You don't get God's thoughts. You get theirs. So God doesn't need the opinions of others for your situation. He needs you to chase after him for the answer. And that's exactly what she did. She shut it down. She should put him in there and says, he's safe there. Now let's go. And she did talk to whoever his name is because it doesn't even matter. <laughs> she went straight to him. Can you imagine being that servant? Like, how can I help you? What you need? Get away from me. Like, <laughs> I don't need to talk to you. And, and so we need to ad adapt this all is well mentality because an all is well mentality is God's perspective of every trial that we face. God doesn't care. God doesn't see it as, oh, they're not going to make it. They are not going to make it. This one's a doozy. They are not going to make it. God says, no, all is well. If you go to God, you raise your hands in prayer, and you, you ask God, he says, you're going to be all right. You're going to be okay. This is not going to shake you. But what do we do? We go to other people, and we're like, whew, I don't know how you're going to make it. I don't know how this, this, I would not wish this on my worst enemy. I would not wish this on anyone else because, whew, this is too difficult. I can't help you. But what does she do? She runs beat past. She doesn't tell her husband, who could have been her most confidant. She doesn't tell him. She says, nope, don't worry about it. All's good. The kid is dead. All's good. We're good. But I'm going to go. And I'm going to deal with this. So we need to adapt that all is well mentality. And so I want to kind of walk you through a few things um, that she did. She moved quickly. Why did she move quickly? You know, if we don't move quickly out of the dead situations, out of those situations, our, we ourselves become feeling as though we are dead, just as dead as our dreams, our passions, and our desires. If we continue to rest in the things, if we continue to sit there and all we do is we sit there and we think, well, they're dead. This is dead. This isn't going to happen. This can't happen. What do you do? You become, you, you feel that. You begin to experience that same experience, that same feeling that you're putting on it. You yourself would become dead. You yourself would become emotionless, but you have to move past that. So you have to move quickly. And so you have to move past the fear. You have to move past the disappointment. You have to move beyond what you can feel because you need God to do a move, a work in your life. Amen. So she walked quickly. She told, she told him, I don't care how fast this horse could go. Make it go faster. I will tell you to slow down if it's too fast. <laughs> and so she, she wanted to talk directly to the man of God, not his servant. Again, she said, go straight to God and no one else. She went. She moved past him. And you know, when, when you're used to talking directly to God, you know what it's like to talk to someone who's not been with God. So if you go to someone, you want to experience this, and you want to talk to them about this, you want to talk to them about X, Y, Z, but you don't know, you're not experiencing the life that God's presence brings you. You're not experiencing the, the, the rest and the peace that God's presence brings you because you, you know what it's like. When you know what it's like to be in the presence of God, you don't want to be anywhere else. You don't want to move anywhere else. You don't want to be anywhere else. So it's your responsibility as someone who follows Christ to know what God's presence feels like. And not to, and not to make it a, an experience every Sunday. It's not this Sunday's job to allow you to experience the presence of God. Absolutely, the presence of God is always here because it says in his word, where two or more are gathered, he is here. 
But you need to practice. You need to practice ushering in the presence of God. Practice bringing that because if you don't know what the presence of God feels like, you'll continue to go to other people because they seem like they have sound advice. And so you need to move quickly and you need to move, go directly to the man of God, directly to Jesus and say, Lord, this is over here, but I need to come to you. And so the next thing that she did, she grabbed him at his feet. She grabbed him at his feet, meaning she was on her knees when she came to him. When she experienced him at Mount Carmel, she grabbed him at his feet and he says, the Lord has hidden me from what is wrong with her, but I know that she's in despair. When you, know, when you come to God and you're on your knees and your, your desires seem dormant, you have to get on your knees and you have to pray. You have to get on your knees. You have to pray because to say, God, I don't know what this is, but when you're in that, when you're in that stance of on your knees is when God, you can, you can experience the true one. You are giving it all out. Say, I don't know what to do, but I know that you're here. Um, she reminded the man of God. <laughs> she said, remember, I did not ask for this. You gave this to me. I did not ask for this. And she, not once, if you read through this story, not once did she even tell the man of God, Elisha, that, that her son had died. He knew. He knew. God knows your desires. He knows your pain. If, if you're in pain and you sit here and you're wondering, God, do you hear me? God, do you see me? He knows. He knows. He experiences what you experience. He feels what you feels, what you feel. And so when you talk with God, you know, all you need to do is be in his presence and he will know exactly what you need. You know, and then the next one is that she didn't leave his presence and she didn't leave his presence. She made him come with her. She says, I, no, because he wanted to send a servant. He says, go, go, take my staff and run. Don't talk to anyone. Run and go put the staff on his head. She says, go ahead, but you're coming with me. <laughs> go ahead, but I'm not leaving without you. You know, sometimes we need to leave the presence of God and, can, and let it come, make it come with us. You know, you need to operate, not just go into your prayer room, not just go here. Yes, that, those are all great things. But you need to practice the presence as you walk. Practice the presence as you're moving forward because in every circumstance that you're in and everything that God has called you to, you need him with you. And so you have to bring him with you. Bring him with you in every circumstance. Bring him with you in every situation. You know, we can, we can experience God's presence or we can let it pass us by. And she wouldn't let God's presence pass her by. She continued to press on and say, no, you must come with me. You have to be with me. Otherwise, I'm not going anywhere because you're the one who told me this was going to happen. And so you got to bring him with you. And then what does she do? She goes up and he heals her son and she thanked him. And, you know, and I want, I want to encourage you, never forget to thank the Lord for the, pre for the power of his, his healing, for the power of his restoration, for the power of his whatever it may be in your life. Let us never forget that God is the one who brought us there. God is the one who brought the healing. God is the one who brought the restoration. He is the one who brought, brought the dead back to life. And so we cannot forget to thank God. So I want to talk to you. What do you do when your dream or your desire has gone dormant <laughs> or you feel that though your, your dreams, desires, your passions are dead? What do you do? You know, because it's very important that we acknowledge those dreams. It's very important that we acknowledge the things that God has put in our heart. And maybe it be something that, you know, maybe someone in here, you feel that God is calling you to do, you know, something for the community. Now in the days that we're in, we need other people. We need godly people in our community. Maybe God is calling you that, but you say, no, the, the community won't allow it. They, they, they'll do this. You've already discounted yourself before you even gave God a chance. 
Or maybe there's someone in here that, you know, that you, you're like, oh, I really desire to have this. I really desire to do this. And you need to move forward in that. You can't allow the fear of the enemy to allow you to be held back. You can't allow your insecurities to hold you back. You can't allow your disappointments. You can't allow anything to hold you back because you are needed now more than ever. And as my dad was saying, there's two million people under harvest that God has called. Your gifts, your desires, and your dreams are needed to accomplish the will of God. We can't sit back and we can't just rest and let other people do it. We can't just leave it to the pastors to do it. We are all shepherds. We are all people. If you are in the house of God, God has called you. If you are in the house of God and you are following after him, God has called you. It's not, it's not this weird thing. It's not something that you have to carry with, you know, you walk in confidence and you know, this, I walk into Walmart. If you walk into Walmart, you're like, sometimes Walmart makes you feel better. Let's just be honest. I just, it does. <laughs> Forgive me, Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes you walk into Walmart, and you know, if you, but, but sheep, you need to identify, the shepherds identify the sheep. If you see someone coming in and you say, there's something off with this person. You talk to them, you get into their world, you get into their life, and you know, because as shepherds of this house, you know, First Peter talks about this, I'm going to talk about this later, but First Peter talks about how we need to shepherd the flock that is among us. And we can't do that unless you step into the desires, and you step into the things that God has called you to do. If you continue to just sit back and relax and just enjoy the ride, when you get to heaven, what is God going to say? Is he going to say, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, did you do all that you could? Did you step into everything you could? Or did you allow fear? Did you allow disappointment? Did you allow all these things to come? The rejection of others, the fear of cancel culture. Did you fear the things that God had very much called you into? You don't want to go into heaven saying, I was scared. I was scared. I can't do this. No, we're going to reach the two million under harvest. We're going to reach the world because you're going to step up. There's a stepping up and a jumping into your next dream, a jumping into the next desire that God has and say, if it fails, it fails. But I stepped in and I tried. You know, you have to step in and you have to try. And I love the song that we're seeing. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy. A lot of times I think we have to, that song is not about Jesus. That song is speaking to our soul. Get up. It's time to get up. It's time to rise. It's time to move forward because there's something special about what Harvest is doing. There's something special about what God is doing. If you look at those chairs, that's since March. However much money that is, I don't even know. But that's a lot of chairs. Like, and we think that, you know, oh, yes, if you give, and there's a, it's a great that you give, but God is doing something special here. God's hand is on this church. God's hand is on the people in this church. And so you need to, if you want to be a part of it, I encourage you to jump in. Come and ask, what, what can I do for you? Well, God, what do you need me to do? God, how can I bring life to the church? How can I bring what you have gifted me into this church? And if you don't come to church here, I would really encourage you to come to church here because God is doing something special. And God, you have a gift inside of you that you need to give to other people. You have a, a, a special technique that no one else has. A special thing that no one else has. And so I want to encourage you with that. And so how do you, you know, what do you do? What would you say, Destiny? That's great. I've been trying all the things, but I still feel, I still feel like I, I can't move forward. And the first one is, number one, what do you do when your dream or desire has gone dormant or, has, or you feel has died? 
you stop chasing other voices and you chase the voice of God. This world today is all about chasing the voice of other people. Us, just or allowing someone else to speak to you. And now, yeah, that makes sense. I think I'm going to do that. You know, I'm guilty of this. Of like, I'm not a fan of researching things. I'm really not a fan of like Googling a lot of things because I feel like it's all a lie. Like I could find the same thing about the other thing. And I'm like, ah, I don't believe it. So, um, but you have to stop chasing the voice of the world. Stop chasing the voice of other people and chase the voice of God. How do you chase the voice of God? You need to get into his word. You need to get into, his, into prayer. And you need to get into worship. Because the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you can hear. The louder his voice gets because you're closer to him. And Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the, to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, it says you draw near to the throne that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time that we need. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You know, you need to let God's voice be louder than you than yours. Let God's be voice louder than your family and your friends and the world. Because when you draw near to him, he's going to help you in those situations. Number two, you have faith. You're like, oh, that's easy, right? No, having faith is one of the hardest things you could do. And, you know, I have the gift of faith, but I feel like it's the gift of faith for other people <laughs> and not for my circumstances. Everyone could come up to me and be like, oh, Destiny, I'm having this. Be like, you know what? Let's pray. God is going to do this. But when it comes to my life, it's like, I don't have this faith. I don't have this. Like, where did that go? Like, it just fell. Like, I don't have it anymore for me. And so what do we have to do? We have to, we have to usher in that faith. And Psalms 46 says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You know, you have to get into your word to hear what God has to say. You can't get into other people's worlds. You can't get into, you know, all these podcasts and all these other pastors that are speaking. You need to get into the word of God to hear what God is saying. John 1, 5, 1 John 5, 5, you know, who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We overcome when we know, when we have faith and we know that Jesus is the one, that he is the only answer. He is the only one that we could come to. Number three, you got to get up and you got to draw near to God. Your soul, you got to get your soul up. A lot of times we allow the emotions to cover our hearts and to cover our souls. You know, our souls are our mind, will, and emotions. But above our soul is our spirit. And our spirit is the one that should always be on top. If your emotions are leading your life, you're out of alignment. If your emotions are the ones skewing you to the left or to the right, you're out of alignment. Because it's your spirit that should be leading you. Because it's your spirit that is in direct communication with the Father. And so if you are out of alignment and you are being led by your emotions or your mind or your will, whatever it may be, and a lot of times it's our emotions because we feel our emotions. We feel the things that, God is, that, that are happening to us. We're like, oh, I just don't feel like this. I don't feel like I want to do that. And that is our world, right? Our world is, I don't feel like I want to do that, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, and you're like, excuse me? Like, just do it. Like, <laughs> anyway, don't get me started on that. Um, I will... Anyway, um, and so we need to uh, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, James 4, 8. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Again, we have to draw near to God, and then when you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. Number four, be persistent with God. You know, what I love about this woman is that she 
she didn't even question the fact that her son was dead. She said, nope, we're going to put him here and we're going to head out. We're going to go and we're going to be persistent with the one who gave me this dream. We're going to go and we're going to be persistent. And she was persistent because she didn't allow him to just send his servant. She made him come with her. She said, no, I will not go unless you go. We need to approach God with that. It says, Lord, you've, if you've called me to do this, I will not go unless you go before me, you go with me, and you go behind me. I will not go unless you are there. I will not go until you are there. And so Hebrews 10, 36, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So it says in the word, you need endurance. <laughs> you need perseverance. You need this because you are going to move forward. You have, so when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Matthew 24, 13, it says, but the one who endures until the end will be saved. James 1.12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for he has stood the test. He will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Well, you know, we need to be steadfast under trial. We can't be wishy-washy to left and to the right. Something bad is happening. We can't be over here and then over here. You're not reliable in that moment. You need to be steadfast, steadfast in your trials, because then you will be the one who has stood the test and you will receive the crown of life. Number five this is the last one. Wait on God. And Psalms 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And I just, I just want to invite uh, the worship team up. Is that how you do that? Um, hello. Okay. Um, so, I, and I just want everyone to stand and just in, in this moment, and then we're going to take communion. Um, but I just... I feel as though that there are desires and there are dreams in here that, you, that have been stifled. That you have, you have discounted and you have said, no, that's not for me. That's not for me. I can't do this. You know, I'm not, I'm not that type of person. I'm not the ty that type of guy, not that type of girl. But God is saying, I've called you. I have called you to this moment. And you can't let the world around you cancel out what God has placed in you. You cannot allow the world, you cannot allow you, you cannot allow other people to cancel out what God has put in you. You know, and going back to, you know, the experience that I had, you know, a couple months, a couple weeks ago, months ago, um, I had to get to the place where I was like, Lord, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why, but God, I know you have called me. I know, and I had to have surrounded myself with people who know that God has called me who lift me up in those moments where I am down, who, sur who surround me and say, no, you are called. You have a call on your life. You have power. You are anointed because you, have, you are the same way. Every single person in this room has a call, has a desire, has a passion that God wants to use, but we cannot let that dream die. We cannot let it die because if that dream dies, the people that that dream was supposed to affect have also died. So this is all kingdom-minded. This is all kingdom-minded because there are people out there. There are people out there that you are called to. There are people out there that you need to reach. And you cannot allow fear. You cannot allow anything else in this world to stop you from that. And so I just want to pray. Pray for those today who, you know, feeling this way. You know, I know. We're going to have this all is well mentality because when we go to the one who has it, all the answers, all will be well in our spirits. Amen. And so today I just want to pray. I just want everyone to, you know, bow their heads and
just want to pray for those who, you know, maybe you, you have this dream and you have this passion and you say, Destiny, I just, I'm scared of it. I, I can't, I don't think it's possible. I don't think that I can do it. I don't, I don't feel as though I can move forward in this. I want you to just raise your hand and just take this moment as a commitment, as a commitment to know that, God, I'm going all in with you. Whether that be a fear, whether that be something that I'm terrified of, God, I'm going all in with you. God, I'm not going to move past what you have called. I'm not going to, but God, I'm not going to let your presence walk through and I'm not going to be there. So God, I'm going to walk with you. God, I ask that your presence be in this room. And so Lord, right now with every, all these hands lifted, God, we just come and we just ask that your presence fill. God, we ask that your presence fill every single person that is in this room, every person with their hand raised, that those dreams will come alive. God, we call them to arise in the name of Jesus. God, that they will step in to the thing that you have called them to, those dreams and those passions, God, those desires, God, that they will not allow a bad circumstance, a bad, a bad report, God, they will not allow anything to come be come in between you and them god that they will step into this call they will step into this dream god that they will step in god that they will be all in god we will we are all in with you today god we step up into your presence we step up god we say come on our souls do not get shy do not hide away do not hide away soul you got to step up and so, God, we call a stepping up. We call an arising in this house, God. We ask that you do a work. We ask that you do a something that you can only you can do. And so, God, we ask that you come and you fill this place. And so, God, we are grateful. We're grateful for all that you are doing in this house. God, we ask that you continue to do a work. God, you restore marriages. God, you restore families. God, that we will run to you, God. We will not run to the opinions of others, but, God, we will run to you. And so, God, we are grateful. We are grateful to be in your house. We are grateful that your presence goes before us. It goes with us, God, and it goes behind us. And so, God, we thank you. God, we never neglect that we can thank you for everything that you have done. God, we thank you for all that you have done. We, we honor you today, God. Lord, and we come to you today, and we are grateful. We are grateful for all that you do. In Jesus' name.